Listeners are advised, this podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker. So, welcome back to the I'm With The Boy Band podcast. It's uh, been a minute. Yeah, a hot minute. How long has it been? I think we've not recorded. So we put out the um, a couple of Origins episodes, didn't we? Um, yes. To keep people ticking over. But I, I'd say it's been a good three months. I don't think we've released an episode since April. I don't even know if it was March. <laughs> really? So was it April? I don't know. It's been a while. So, um, well, yeah, in welcome case... Welcome back. We've missed you. We've both yeah, we have. been um, in lockdown. Yeah, along with the rest of the country and world. Yeah. Uh, in case you're a new listener, I'm Amy Long. Oh, and I'm Zoe Linkson. We do have a few. We've, we've definitely picked up some new friends. Yeah. During lockdown. Hi, friends. Yeah. Um, Thank you for being with us. Which reminds me, we have to say, um, whilst we've got the opportunity, so we have to give a shout out to our new Patreon sponsor, yes. which is the lovely Jodie, who um, she's definitely a new friend. Jodie keeps tweeting us and sending us emails. So, hi, Jodie. Yeah, we love it. Thank hi, Jodie. <laughs> Thank you for your sponsorship. So, we, have, we did suspend Patreon through, I think, a couple of months just because we knew we weren't going to be able to put any content out. So, um, thank you, everyone who does sponsor us. We do really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, we hope that we will be back more regularly, probably not as regularly, but more regularly. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I'm still I've worked carried on working through lockdown so we mm. are our entire office is now remote except well, the photographers were already remote because they can't just take pictures of the office um, <laughs> why not <laughs> that would be strange uh yeah so we our entire office went remote from March the 23rd we'd already practiced a couple of weeks before with everyone mm. working from home so we knew we could do it uh, yeah. As soon as shutdown happened, we went entirely remotely. It's I'm doing exactly the same thing I've always done. Just it feels just slightly harder, which has made my day seem longer. And it also feels even though I'm now not commuting for three yeah. three and a half hours a day, it just feels slightly more exhausting for some reason. It's funny, isn't I it? I think it is. I think having to work through a global crisis does that to a person. Oh, yeah. Everyone's... It's, someone described it to me the other day as the catastrophic thing we're going through. And I was actually... Actually, it's... Things aren't blowing up. You know, we're not... There's not... Bombs spa- being dropped yeah, on our heads. spaceships yeah. flying into us. Yeah. But actually, this is a catastrophic experience that everyone's going through and sharing. So... Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's probably got me through it. Um, well, I mean, I've been dragged through it by some friends, but I think knowing that literally the whole world is in the same situation is what has kind of, you know, it is really hard for me now seeing my friends in Australia and New Zealand who are pretty much almost back to normal. Yeah. Not everyone, but in, in a lot of places. And it's just like, ugh. But... You know. they, they managed it they you know their government managed it really well can't say yeah. the same for us and i know the majority of our listeners are in the states so uh, our thoughts are with all of you guys too because we're we're all sending going, thoughts and prayers yes, guys we're all going through the same shit together mm. it's yeah it is hard um i think i find it more exhausting because i don't now leave my desk mm. so i was sitting oh, that's true i will sit yeah. at my desk at seven in the morning and I don't, I don't go out to the shops at lunchtime. I don't go out for 
I spoke or anything. The thing I, is, though, I even, com- even commuting, you, you you get a chance to, like, listen to a podcast or some music or whatever. Yeah. and Fresh air. You know, yeah. I mean, I've yeah. really not left the house. I I could count on two hands and have fingers spare the number of times I've left the house since March the 23rd. God. Um, I did one trip. I, to, I, I was, I was just day. We had a little pre-chat <laughs> and I was explaining to Amy the trauma of my trip to Ikea. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying I to actually, get garden yeah. furniture. I'm planning to do do up our back garden so that should this continue throughout the summer, we have another room in the back yeah. garden. There's somewhere to sit, there's somewhere to enjoy the weather, get the fresh air. So we're planning to completely do up our back garden, which is okay. Like you can sit out there. It's just we've got wooden chairs. Um, so we're getting armchairs and shit in the back garden. So I had to go to Ikea to get that. I physically needed to be in there to, to get my furniture. That was traumatic. But then I did my second major trip out was yesterday where I went down to um, visit friends in Poole for Lisa's birthday. This will come out this week. So happy birthday, Lisa, for this week. We did a socially distanced meetup in the back garden. We all stood one metre apart. We had fish and chips. It was amazing. Um, But yeah, that's my two major trips out. That's it. Other than that, I've been to Sainsbury's a couple of times to like to do that. Oh, shit, I've run out of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, of course. I took a trip to Ikea. I don't live too far away from an Ikea. And I got there and there was a queue of people that went like around the building and I just drove around the car park. <laughs> went and out again. Well, I did my research in advance because that first day they opened back up, there were five hour queues and I was like, because oh. I was going to go that day. I was like, I'll finish work and I'll sneak off to Ikea. And then we, like, all the photographers were sending me in pictures of all these queues. And I was like, oh, that's not happening in my life. No, <laughs> no it's definitely not. No. But then I, I did my research before I went. And I was just like, let me just check Twitter and with the words Ikea and queue. And it was all people going, arrived at Ikea. No queue in sight. So I was like, down for that. I walked straight in. Walked all the way around Ikea. Lots mm. of children. Please, can I just say this? If you're going out with your children during a global pandemic... Please, Don't. please brief them that there are people out there that are slightly apprehensive and worried about coming into contact with other people. And if there's, you know, markers on the floor about the way they walk, please brief your children that they should respect other people's space and follow the markers, not be running backwards and forwards between, you know, swirly chairs in Ikea. The thing is, the kids are wild at the moment because they've been kept indoors for months. Yeah, and I get it. And I I find it as well when I'm out walking the dog because I, conversely, I go out every day because I go out to walk the dog and I think that's part of what's kept me alive during this lockdown. But I I have the same. I have kids and they walk at me. So I stop and walk away. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) I just keep walking away until a parent grabs them. Yeah, and I know different people are taking it different ways. I know the the pair of us have both been super cautious about what we're doing. Mm. And I noticed some other people, they're slightly more lackadaisical about it, that they're just kind of uh, what will be will be and Mm. and not necessarily avoiding seeing their friends or keeping distance from people that they don't know. Or as we saw in photographs last night, going out to Soho with 7,000 other people and standing in Old Compton Street for a drink. Oh, mate, the headlines today are... From the cops, are drunk people unable to maintain social distancing, and it's like no fucking shit. <laughs> Who knew that when you're drunk, you grab total strangers and tell them you love them? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's been it's been a challenge. It it definitely has been a challenge. I'm I'm not working, and I know that a lot of people probably think that that is a 
nice kind of situation to be in and it it's it's weird it's weird yeah and it's I it's mean, not a time been the same, that you can so be productive I, and i it took me a long while to realize that mum wasn't coping very well with it so i mm. i kind of get that this she said it was about having a purpose but like you can mm. get up every day and do stuff in the house but you eventually run out of house <laughs> yeah yeah, for me, it's not that so much. Like, I've kept myself busy. I've I've never had a time where I'm like, oh, my God, I've got nothing to do. But I can't do anything with and that requires any kind of level of deep concentration. Yeah. Like, everything I do has to be really superficial. So, and sometimes I can only focus on what is in front of me at that moment. So, like, today, I, I won't even set myself tasks. I'll just suddenly go, um, oh, I'm going to cut the lawn, which is what I did yesterday. And then today, right before we got on here, I went downstairs to make a cup of tea. And I was so close to starting to rearrange the kitchen because I just <laughs> felt like it at the time. I was like, Zoe, you almost lost me to the kitchen. <laughs> So that tells me that your research for this week's episode isn't going to have been amazing. I mean, I don't want to break the habit of a lifetime. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I am... I am doing some research. I'm doing I've am i given big you one. a biggie, haven't I? I've set you mm. the challenge of, here, this will keep you ticking over for a little bit. Yeah. Go off and yeah. do boy band X. Yeah, so it is going to keep me you've busy already, for a while. You've already cancelled them, haven't you? I've already cancelled them. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame. They do some... Re- I'm not going to reveal who it is, but they have some absolutely incredible music. And a couple of them are just the nicest people, but there are some of them that just need to not ever be uh... allowed near women <laughs> or people. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. we're still in the um, it's Nathan, it's still Nathan Moore week. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. So we shall continue from where we left off on the last episode. So our last episode was um. The story of Brother Beyond. Yeah. So we'll continue. This this episode will be a continuation of uh, mm. Boy Band Quarter. It's uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to your quarterly Brother Beyond. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this week's going to be um, Worlds Apart, continuing the Nathan Moore story. It's quite a goodie as well. So. Uh... You've got children in your house, mate. No, I've got the window open. <laughs> Sorry, it's really fucking hot. Oh, I know, I know. Do I need to go and close No, I could just, no, I could just hear them playing. I was like, oh, I can hear children in your house. They'll go past. They're on a, I can, they're on a um, scooter. Oh, fine. They'll go by If they were here, Elvis would be barking his head off, so (laughs) we're good. (laughs) There's not children in my house. (laughs) I thought it was weird. It's like, what's happened? (laughs) What have you done with Zoe? (laughs) Okay, so worlds apart it is then. Yeah, we, uh take a little break so that we can give everyone the pleasure i'm sure this is the bit of the podcast they've all missed the most our um podcast theme song let's give them a burst so tell me worlds apart i don't really know very much about worlds apart okay i was i was quite a big i was big into worlds apart I'm not well, i've lie. seen the picture yeah so the picture, do you want to talk about the picture before we do the world's apart let's, story? Let's talk this about the picture. This was my, um, I think this is the circumstances. You've got a nice cream van. I have. <laughs> Every day he comes at this time. Don't get me a 99. Um, so I, 
I think the picture was taken in this scenario because I can't imagine when else it would have been taken. I My first job out of school was working for a, photo- a photography agency who had a studio at the top of the building. Right. So And they put the studio in about a year after I started. So at this stage, I'm probably about 18. Okay. Um, and Worlds Apart were just starting to come up and they were doing press. So I suggested to the people in the company, shall we try and get Worlds Apart into the studio to do a photo shoot? Okay. And... Um, uh, along with the studio, there was a couple of other offices up there. One of them was for the Consolidated Australian Press. One of them was for a guy that worked for the National Enquirer in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and the studio was primarily used for, and I'm sure I can say this now because I've not mentioned the company name, the studio was primarily used for doing porn, <laughs> which was a little sideline that this very well-respected photographic agency I worked for had going on. Wow. Um so they were used to photo shoots happening up there. The people with offices on the same floor were used to the photo shoots, but they weren't used to... They were used to it being quiet. Like, you didn't really hear anything. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of noise going on. Well, to Park come into the studio, and the photographer, Brian, um, had them do a dance routine. So they've got all these wooden floors in a oh, wooden God. studio, and he had them start doing their dance routines. And I was on reception at the time, and I just got endless phone calls from these there was three offices up there i can't remember the third one these three offices going what on earth is going on it's like we're being raided blah 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 and i was like oh there's a boy band up there it's great it's having a great time oh my god it's amazing (laughs) um so i think that's where the picture was taken i think i went up into the studio after they'd finished doing that shoot and had my picture done with them all okay so can you talk me through who's who in this picture in case you don't know which picture we're talking about zoe posted it on instagram um this last week or this last so, weekend yeah so i would talk let me pull the picture up so we have um on the left mm-hmm. is uh marcus yep stood next to him and right behind me is dan yeah the guy leaning into me is steve okay the guy on the right is shaleem and the guy kneeling down at the front is aaron right well he is my favorite Aaron, okay. And this, as you'll find out, this was the original World Apart lineup. Right. So that was okay. then when they were doing their first set of promo. So I'm going to do, we're going to have a little bit of a recap first. So just to put ourselves in the where we are in the boy band world right now at this moment in time. So as we enter the 1990s, the world of boy bands was getting a little bit shook about with the growing accusations that Millie Vanilli were lip syncing on their records. <laughs> Something that their producer admitted to in the November of 1990, leading to their Grammy for Best New Artist being taken back. Mm. And also their fans filed lawsuits against them for fraud, which I think is the best thing about that story. Is that a real thing? Mm. Wow. So by 1991, Big Fun had been and gone. Duran Duran is still active, but they're having frequent personnel changes. They're kind of gradually ageing out of their boy band arc by now. Uh, Spandau Ballet had gone on hiatus in 1990, and Gary and Martin Kemp had gone off to do acting. Mm -hmm. Mainly The Craze, which is one of my favourite films Um, ever. Excuse me, can we talk about The Bodyguard? We can. Because Gary Kemp was wicked in that. Yeah, the two of them in the craze were just amazing. I think because the craze is one of the first violent-ish films that I was allowed to watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the only thing it, I've seen them acting in it 
<laughs> the only thing I've seen them act in is Gary in The Bodyguard and Martin in um, EastEnders. EastEnders. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, by now, new edition. Have, they're all off pursuing their own projects. Uh, we've got Belle DeVoe and their album Poison. Yep. Ralph, Tresvan and Johnny Gill are both doing solo albums. They did a brief re- reunion in 1991, um, but they're definitely over. Colour Me Bad had just released I Want to Set You Up. Mm-hmm. With our uh, friend they, Mark. Uh, Mark, yeah. Uh, and in 1991, Brother Beyond were cancelled. Uh, Bross had released their third album, but they're on their downward arc. And same year, Take That released their first two singles to a limited amount of chart success. But Which by 90- were? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the jelly video. Do, do what you like. And then yeah. Promises. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, cool. uh, by June 92, their cover of It Only Takes a Minute had reached number seven and they're beginning to be a bit of a thing. Mm. Um, by the end of that year, Could It Be Magic had reached number three. We're also getting Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch with number ones around the world for Good Vibrations. Sorry, who? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we've got to it's talk about that song. film. That film that I saw where they were totally slating Marky Mark. And Marky Mark, why am I saying that? They, they were saying how Donnie Wahlberg was so much better than Mark Wahlberg. And I was like, yeah. Oh, it's so game, good. game night with my secret husband, That's Jason Bateman. And my secret wife, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Such a good film. I saw that in the cinema, so I was in Did New you? York. Did you? So we saw it in a. We did. I think it was one of the first times we went to the cinema in New York. It's not a thing we normally do. We go. We normally go out for drinks. And I was mm. like, "Let's the pictures." So we went to see Game Night, and it was definitely Katie and Marianne and possibly Ronnie. And the, the cinema was almost completely empty. There was yeah. us. There was. I think there might have been a fifth person. It was us, and maybe three or four other couples in yeah. the cinema and when they said that line the whole lot of us in our reclined chairs you were screaming cracked up <laughs> laughing and these other people were kind of like why was that so funny i don't get right yeah. it was us creasing up that yeah so it's a really good film i love that film so it's, I love Jason Bateman. Yeah, I loved I love Jason Bateman too. He was it was disappointing when he replaced Michael J. Fox in Team in the Team Wolf movie, but as an adult human, Jason Bateman yeah. can do no wrong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So just one film of his that I don't like, which is one of those body swap films. Oh. Yeah, really don't like. Like it. a Freaky Friday it. type one. Yeah, but he swaps with another adult, I think. Oh. I, I I started watching it. I was like, I'm sorry, Jason. I've got to cancel you over this and stop yeah, so I can tell shame. you what happened in the film. Okay. Uh, so we come to February 92. Uh, New Kids on the Block are in the middle of a defamation lawsuit against the people that are accusing them of lip syncing. Mm-hmm. And they've just finished their Mammoth Magic Summer Tour, which had gone on for two years and grossed about $58 million, which yeah. in today's money is... A lot. $107 million. Yeah. Um, they're, they're at peak boy band. Uh, Chris Cross had spent eight weeks at the top of the Billboard charts with John. John. Yeah, Chris Cross, the uh, And E17 have just released their debut single, House of Love, oh. which peaked at number 10, followed by Gold, which went to number one. Uh, and then we have 93, EYC around, yeah. Take That, Get Three Number Ones in a Row. Uh-huh. PJ and Duncan released their first single that Let's year. Let's Get Ready and to Rumble. Boyzone have just a glint in the eye of Louis Walsh um, and Bad Boys Inc have gone into the top 20 with their single Don't Talk About Love um, and other active boy bands right now are Joe Jodeci, 
Curiosity Killed the Cat, 3T, Let Loose, H-Town, The Boys, Ultimate Chaos, m So that's where we are. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it was Into This World, Baron of Boy Bands. <laughs> Baron <that> music, of <laughs> Boy Bands. That music manager Gary Wilson hooked up with an unknown A&R executive called Simon Cow. Oh. Who was primarily known for bombarding the charts with novelty records that still haunt our minds three decades later. Okay. Such as Mr. Blobby. Oh, God. <laughs> um, back in the spring of 92, so just rewind a tiny little bit, Gary Wilson had placed an advert across lots of music magazines in search of good-looking guys for a boy group. Uh, he wanted to mesh together boys from different nations and cultures, produce a a multinational boy band that could take over the world. Uh, they needed to be able to sing, because Millie Vanilli, yeah. um, and to be good dancers, and most importantly, they had to be hot. Yeah, I mean, most importantly, they had to be hot. Yes. <laughs> uh, the exact numbers who auditioned are kind of lost in time. There's, whoever, depending on where you read, it says 1,000 turned up, 10,000 turned up. Um, but by January 1993, Gary had whittled down his auditionees to four people. They are... Eighteen-year-old uh, Abdul Hanan, who was uh-huh. born in Bangladesh, and he would go by the name Shalim for his musical career. So Shalim Hanan, nineteen-year-old Steve Hart, who was from a large family with four brothers and three sisters. Uh, he grew up in London. Nineteen-year-old Dan Bowyer, whose roots were a mix of English and French, um, and at the time he'd been working for Models One in London. Uh-huh. And finally, seventeen-year-old Marcus Patrick from Bath. His background was English, Irish, French, Cuban, Jamaican, Cherokee. <laughs> Blimey. Um, and he would go by the stage name Patrick Osborne. Mm. Um, he'd also been working as a model when he was asked if he could sing and dance and sent along to audition. Um, and he was also British Taekwondo champion. Oh, sexy. Have yes. we heard the name Steve Hart before somewhere? So Steve Hart does a little bit of music management now. Um he may have come up in one of the, it might have been the 3SL episode. Okay. He he eventually goes into, ruined the end, goes oh. into music management. Don't, don't ruin it, don't ruin it. Let's <laughs> let's keep going, sorry. <clears throat> My bad. Um, although Gary has now definitely ticked his multicultural, good-looking, can-he-dance boxes, uh-huh. there's no standout lead singer among the four. Which is kind which, of important. Which, despite what <laughs> non-believers think, is a very vital component for creating boy band magic. Um, <laughs> after an extensive search of um, London, uh, Gary, <laughs> Gary came up with a 19-year-old called Aaron Alexander James Paul, mm. who was performing as a singer in and around the capital. Um, he dabbled a bit in the Butlin circuit um, and he was approached by Gary to join the band as their lead singer. Um, Aaron was of English Jamaican origin and he would go by the stage name Aaron Paul. Also, how many first names does he need? <laughs> Aaron as many Paul. as he wants. He was your favourite. You were just like, I choose that one. I know. Aaron Paul is also the name of the guy from Breaking Bad. Yes. The actor. It's not the yeah. same guy, guys. Not the same guy, no. No, I would say Aaron Paul from Worlds Apart. Definitely Almost led looking. to many accidents yesterday when I was posting our, we're back recording and tagging them all in the tweet <laughs> to Instagram. I was like, oh, that one. Yeah, um, different one. So Gary started off shopping his new boy band around to record companies and they eventually crossed paths with Simon Cow. Um, As one always uh, does. 
although he's now kind of celebrated as a boy band whisperer, back then Simon wasn't as in tune with the teenage market as he is now. He had famously rejected Take That, saying he'd consider signing them if they got rid of the fat one. <laughs> That's um, Gary, yeah. <laughs> the one with the talent. Yeah, Good. and he late, he later worked in developing a boy band called Chaos. They were a five-piece, which included two young lads who'd been back in dancers for his girlfriend, Sunita. Uh-huh. Um, but he lost interest and dropped them after they released one record. And they then reappeared later, signed to another label as Ultimate Chaos. They're also managed by Gary Wilson. Right. And they score four top 20 hits and go on tour with Take That. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's Simon's boy band credibility at this point yeah yeah Uh, simon was determined not to be caught out again and signed worlds apart to the label he was working for at the time which was arista and by february they'd made their first public appearance so there's a chance in that one month gap they didn't really receive the most extensive boot camping that they could have had (laughs) um, within Mm. within two months they've released their debut single which was a cover of tavares's heaven must be missing an angel Mm. Uh, it reached number 29 before disappearing after three weeks they followed that up in June with an original song called Wonderful World which was written by Aaron and Patrick along with their producer Ray Hedges oh so that is a different Wonderful World to the one I was imagining yeah Okay. Uh, Ray Hedges had produced tracks for Take That on their debut album I think he also came up in the Upside Down episode okay Um, uh, Wonderful World peaked at number 51 okay um, then in August 1993, with little more than eight months in the band, uh, Patrick Osborne leaves. Oh. Uh, he was replaced by a 19-year-old called Aaron Leslie Cooper from oh, Birmingham. The, another Aaron. Who'd been working as a waiter at TGI Fridays. Excellent boy band credentials. I mean, that really is. <laughs> uh, because the group already had uh, an Aaron in the lineup, new Aaron had to choose a new name. And he performed under the moniker Cal Cooper. Oh. I had quite a thing for Cal, not going to lie. It's funny I was trying cause... to remember who my favourite was. Um, and I think it would have been Dan. Yeah, I think mine was Looking Dan back him, then. Looking at him, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, Dan's definitely my type. But I definitely went on to Cal once he oh. came in after only eight months. Uh, the following month, they released their third single, which was another cover of Everlasting Love. This gave them their first top 20 hit entering the charts bang on number 20. Uh, by 1994, Arista had shifted World Apart over to the Bell Records arm of their label. Um, now, you'll remember Bell Records because they played a big hand in the Bay City Rollers story mm. back in the 70s, but the UK incarnation of the label had been mothballed in 1976. It was first revived in the early 80s, putting out records by Shawadi Wadi and Gary Glitter. Wow. Um, along with some monkeys re-releases it was then revived again in the early 90s releasing songs for hulk hogan the village people and darren day and Uh, now worlds apart okay uh in march they released their next single another cover this time of the detroit spinners could it be i'm falling in love which was put out on the bell label it reached number 15 and drifted around the uk charts for uh, about six weeks but it also charted really well in germany having lasted almost eight months by now with the same lineup their next casualty (laughs) was the original this is the bay city rollers all over again (laughs) (laughs) their next casualty was to be the original member dan bauer who left to pursue a 
career in children's TV presenting on the BBC and Channel 4. Uh, he'd been invited to do this by television legend Andy Peters. Oh, uh, he Andy went to present, Peters. He went to present the Ozone and a children's music show, which was... Um, Oh, the ozone, which was a children's yeah, music. Yeah, how show, good which was went the out. ozone? Uh, it was excellent. It was such good fun. It was. Uh, continuing for the time as a four-piece, they released their debut album in April '94. It's called Together, ironically for a band that keeps it remembers. Um, <laughs> it included the last two Stock Ake, uh, Stock Aiken and Waterman songs before they all split up. Oh. Um, the two songs were Same Old Promises and Experienced. Uh, the album together reached number 89 before dropping out of the charts after one week. Um, and in July, they released their second original track, which is single number five, called Begging to be Written, and this reaches number 29. And that was their first original track? Second original track. Sorry. The first one's the one earlier, and you were kind of like, oh, not the one that I thought. Oh, yeah, Wonderful, Wonderful World. World. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, by now, their popularity in Germany is on the rise, and Everlasting Love is reissued for the German market and it reaches number 40 there in late 1994. It's so interesting um, that Germany's got this, I don't know what it is. Massive band thing. Yeah, yeah, what is it? Like, it's like, let's go and be successful in Germany first. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know my favourite nugget of German boy band mania? Because you've got like the Backstreet Boys went out there and trained, and then they did the same thing with NSYNC. Yeah. When when New Kids did their comeback, yeah, the reunion. Yeah. There's um, they have a song called Dirty Dancing, which is one of my favourite songs. It's so good. And there's just this really bizarre video that goes with Dirty Dancing, which they did to go along with some German film. It's not. It's, it's not them... as bizarre as the LFO video that the New Kids Dude, did on it... the block are in, is it? It's worth they're dressed in like medieval costumes and performing <laughs> to a hall of people also dressed in medieval, like a Henry VIII banquet type scenario. I mean, what's the problem? Ever. I don't understand. <laughs> and that makes me go, oh, Germany really like boy bands, don't they? Because they didn't think that was strange. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, and then there's suddenly another man down. Uh, when lead oh. singer Aaron Paul leaves in December of '94, oh, no. putting them down to a three-piece. Wow! Uh, it's, oh, necessarily... it's, like, it's like take that. <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily an insurmountable problem for boy band because, after all, seven of our current top ten are groups with three or less members. Yeah. But for World Apart, it was going to be a bit of an issue as Aaron was their front man. Yeah. Um, Aaron recently spoke to a website called guyslikeyou.com about his uh -huh. decision to leave the band, saying, I'd had enough. Our success in the UK was declining fast, but Germany was loving us. The tensions in the group were high because all of the member changes. I just could not bear to be confined in a tour bus with them anymore. Mm. I had my heart and eyes set for America, and I'd spent a lot of my free time in New York and loved it. I wanted to live in the USA permanently. So I had to go. Right. And he was also gay. He wasn't out at that he time. He wasn't out. So, yeah. So no. he was probably... Oh, yeah. So I get... With... Sorry. I didn't get what you were saying there. Yeah. I thought you were going... And he also left because he was gay. He wasn't No, 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 no. no. But he probably band. found it ha hard to be in the band without being yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here enters our boy band superhero, Nathan Marcellus Moore. Um, it's now actual name. Yeah, <laughs> thought you've made it up. Oh, I just gave him it because yeah. the other guys all have so many names. I was yeah, like, exactly. Well, he's gonna need another name. Let's pick something quite wacky. <laughs> no actual name. 
Yeah. Um, so I just wiped my eye, now I can't see. Um, it was almost three years since Brother Beyond had been dropped by their record label, and Nathan's almost 30, mm. uh, which on paper is really outside of the boy band criteria. Uh-huh. But he had retained his chiseled good looks, <laughs> and as we well know, he had boy band history. Yeah. Uh, Nathan joining Worlds Apart was pure boy bandipity. Manager Gary Wilson was sat in his office musing over what to do with a boy band with no singer mm. when he spotted Nathan walking past his window oh. and, I imagine, beckoned him inside by waving a microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Nathan initially lied to Gary about his age. He'd knocked three, three years off it to make himself only 26 and kind of slightly more boy band appropriate, which Gary responded to by telling him he looked really young for his age. Oh. Um, Nathan later admitted of his chance encounter with Gary that it was the luckiest moment in the world. Oh, definite boy bandipity in that case. Right? Yeah. Uh, with their lineup replenished and Worlds Apart ready to yet again take over the world, they were dropped by their label in 1995. Oh. Uh, fortunately, a few months later, they secured a new contract with EMI. Oh. Uh, the four of them go into the studio to record new material and with Nathan's songwriting and recording experience and Brother Beyond, they now play a much bigger hand in their new material, which was developing a more dancey edge to it. Uh, in August, they released the first of these new tracks called Baby Come Back, which, although it wasn't really to make a dent in the UK, hit number three in France okay. and number five in Switzerland. And which uh, year is this? 95? Yes. Right, yeah. Um, you've made me lose my I scrolled up to see what year we were in and now I can't find where I'm scrolling back to Uh, they then treated their German fans to an exclusive Christmas track called When It's Christmas Time which went into the top 40 in Germany but again also went in the top 20 in Switzerland so why is that not one of the uh, classic Christmas tracks we hear every year I don't don't think it was even released I don't think it was a release of it it was a German exclusive because Germany loves boy bands. (laughs) Maybe Um, we should move to Germany. Right? Perhaps that's the moment. We learn to speak German. Our podcast could go through the fucking roof. Listen, I did... I got a German GCSE. I'm happy with our uh, approaching 25,000-ish people. Okay. you know, we could be... I was about to say catastrophic. That's not the word I'm looking for, is it? No. No. Cataclysmic. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. God, my brain's such mush. Do you know what? Mine is mush. I haven't worked since March, so, you know, I can't do anything. I'm useless. I don't even, I people ask use... me a simple question, I can't answer it. I should use my downtime to read a dictionary or something. Mm. Uh, by 1996, their focus had moved firmly to the continent and they released six singles, uh, which variously reached top ten in France, Belgium, Germany, Austria, Sweden and Switzerland. These included a cover of Je Don, which was sung in English and French. Uh, in June of that year, they played their first concert in France, which led to a 50-day European tour. Can you just say that song name again? Shitadon. Jetadon. Jetadon. What does it mean? It is um, something to it's me. I, something yeah. Je is I. <laughs> Jetadon. All the others I've got written out in English next to it, what they are. <laughs> I one. thought you said shitadom at first, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> like the Europeans are really weird. Mm. Uh, they hit the restu- they hit the restudio, they hit the studio <laughs> to record a new album in '97, and re- 
released seven more singles in Europe, including two more which they sung in French, Conde Je Rêve de Toi, I'm Dreaming of You, uh, and Je Serai Là, which is I'll Be There, uh, both written by Stephen Nathan, and the cover of the Beatles She Loves You, sung in German. Sorry, uh, sorry, no, sorry. Why are they writing songs in French for the French market? Yeah. Do they write them in English, then translate them, or are they French-speaking I, boy banders? I don't know. And then they... that's a question we can ask them when they eventually agree to come on our podcast. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the the Beatles track was a German version of "She Loves You." Yeah, right. Sie liebst dich. Ja, ja, ja. <laughs> Is that how she, you say "She loves you" in German? I, I don't know. <laughs> I've ne- I never did German. I I um, dodged German and opted for Russian. Couldn't speak a word of Russian. I mean, I did German, but I can't say it. It's a good result. I can do pidgin French and I can do basic Latin as long as we're talking about people sitting underneath trees in Latin. Nice. As long as we're doing that, people sitting underneath trees and people that have got monkeys. Yeah, les songes et sur la blanche. (laughs) I can do a tiny bit of French, probably better than my German. German, I really only know how to say ich habe Rückenschmerzen. which is I've I got back read French and I can kind of speak French. It's been mm. a long time since I did. The minute someone speaks to me in French, mm. shit a brick. Like, yeah, I got I got by in Paris a couple well, a few years they, back. Um, I was they do in it Paris. so fast. Anyone would they think do. it's their native language. But I, I, I would be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and would say one or two words. They would say one or two words back and I'd go, we oh, oui. like this is I can speak <laughs> French. I, I was always told that you should go in and try and speak French. And then they'll speak they, English back. They will appreciate your effort. Yeah, that's right. They'll be like, I've got this. Like, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I forgot where I am now. See, liebstich, ja, ja, ja. That's where okay. we are. <laughs> uh, this cemented their popularity in France and Belgium with another string of top 20s and another French tour came in that March. Mm. Uh, in September 96, fans started noticing that many of their performances were now happening as a three-piece, with Shalim conspicuously absent from the lineup. Uh, and after almost five years in the band, he leaves to pursue a solo career. Uh, this right. leaves them once again as a three-piece, which now consists of Cal Cooper, Nathan Moore, and the one original member who is Steve Hart. Uh-huh. Uh, with the French tour scheduled to start in November, they had to quickly find a replacement for Shalim, and here enters Tim Fonara from Cheltenham. Oh. Tim had been singing since the age of nine, and his first band with his school friends had been called Bedspread, which is literally <laughs> my favourite. Like, you know when kids come up with names, they're always like, oh, the bunch of weirdos. That's my favourite one ever. Um, Bedspread. He had appeared on stage in the West End and had a part in the short-lived, cheaply filmed children's drama that went out on breakfast TV show GMTV Mm. in little five-minute episodes. The drama was based around the antics of a boy band called The One. Oh. Uh, And Tim, obviously, was a member of said boy band. Uh, The One jumped the shark and actually released a single called One More Chance in 96, reaching number 31. But that was the end of that short-lived TV and music career. Uh, Tim left the one, and a few months later, he got a phone call from Steve Hart, who asked him if he wanted to join Worlds Apart. And so, the world's first multicultural boy band now consists of Steve Hart, Nathan Moore, Cal Cooper, and Tim Fornara, four white guys from England. <laughs> so, not quite as Worlds Apart as in, has at first no. anticipated. 
the, the name still applies because they're doing great things across Europe at this point. Like, I'm I'm all for them. Countries apart. Tim was unveiled to fans at a concert in Disneyland in front of 20,000 fans. Disneyland, how... California? No, Paris. When? France. No, what year? 96. It didn't exist then. Did. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't question the facts. <laughs> <laughs> don't question the facts. <laughs> Hang on. In <laughs> you're looking it up. It may have been like it may have been ninety seven because I now jumped straight to ninety eight. I may have missed a whole year. Oh no! It says it opened in ninety two. Jesus Christ! Much. What Do the not fuck? Question the facts. I'm so old, mate. Oh my god. Um, in nineteen ninety eight. No, a second. It says a second theme park opened in two thousand two, ten years after the original park. So maybe that's why I'm confused. I've never been. Okay. I have. Great. <laughs> in 98, their song Back to Where We Started featured on the French soundtrack to Disney's Casper. Uh, and they appeared in the film Visitors 2. They released a single Close Your Eyes, which was used to advertise Haribo. Oh. But only went to, it went to number 49 in Belgium, 34 in France, which is beginning of the downward curve on the world apart. Lark du Boyland. Oh. Uh, Lark du <laughs> Uh, but like hitting, six, <laughs> hitting six years together is a pretty good streak for an engineered boy band. Yes, really. it is. Yeah, even um, though they technically were not all together for those six years, but sure, it existed in one form or another. If we're going to go down that route, then we have to cut at least three of our um, basic rollers episodes. Oh yeah, true. We'll start disregarding them once they start taking in new people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've lost my place again. In 1999, they're on hiatus, supposedly writing their fourth album, and we don't see them again until 2000 when they release two more singles, I Will and Language of Love, from their new album, Here and Now. Um, throughout this time, they're really well supported by the European arm of EMI Records, but in mid-2001, they're dropped by the label, and this is when Tim Fornara leaves. Oh... It was so lovely having you, Tim. Yeah. Brief, but lovely. <laughs> uh, they put together another album in 2002 called The Brotherhood, which was produced by Naven. Naven? Naven. Yeah, new guy, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I not mention him? They put together another album in 2002 called The Brotherhood, which was produced by Nathan. Nathan. But it was never commercially released, although fans could download it from Nathan's personal website, which he was using to keep in touch with fans. Now the group were kind of inactive. Mm. Um, and so it was that after almost a decade together, Worlds Apart were basically no more, although that wasn't really official. Right. Um, in September 2005, Nathan arranged a show at London's Hippodrome with Shalim and Steve Hart. Mm. Uh He's made no secret of the fact that he would really like Worlds Apart to reform and start performing together again. And Worlds Apart fans have started a petition imploring their old record company, EMI, to re-sign them. Uh, February 2006, Nathan, Steve and Cal play another concert, this time in Leipzig, Germany. Course, and their manager, yeah. And their manager, Gary Wilson, is there to witness it. Uh, following the big success of this concert they go into the studio to record some new songs and start approaching record companies again uh, and they tell the fans world apart still very close to each other at the end of 2000 
and Seven via Nathan's own website, Worlds Apart announced that they have officially reunited. Woohoo! After a five year break, but as a three piece this time with um, OG Steve Hart, uh-huh. uh, Cal Cooper, and Nathan Moore, uh, they announced a comeback and new material with a TV appearance. Um, the large concert halls of the 90s have now given way to 90s themed mega parties across Europe. They put out a new album called Platinum in October, along with a single On écrit sous les murs, uh, The Writing on the Wall. Both of these. Sous so, so les murs is in the sea, isn't it? Yeah. No, sous les murs. Spell murs. M U R S. Oh, sorry. All French words sound the same, don't they? <laughs> uh, both of these fail to chart. Um, and in spring of 2008, Cow announced via MySpace that he was leaving. Um, My, MySpace was a strange time, wasn't it? Yeah, very brief. Mm. Um, still there if you go and look. Mm, okay. Hauntingly, hauntingly <laughs> still there. It's very odd. Yeah, okay. Um, the success of Worlds Apart can't be written off because it wasn't in the two main territories that we look at. Mm. Uh, Nathan has spoken of their success, saying... It was bizarre. I would get the tube to Heathrow at weekends and when we landed in France, it would be mayhem. There would be hundreds of girls there and we'd have all the security. It was a mad weekend of work and TV shows. I was once driven to the airport in an ambulance because they had to smuggle us out of the venue. Um, At one record store signing on the Champs-Élysées, more people turned up there than they had for a previous signing by Michael Jackson. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Worlds Apart's Baby Come Back became the number one airplay hit in Germany and Russia um, and the song was used as a theme on Brazil's biggest TV soap opera Wow! Uh, the band also undertook two tours of the Far East which covered Japan, South Korea, Thailand, the Philippines, Taiwan and Singapore um, Steve is an accomplished songwriter writing almost all of the Worlds Apart hits once they moved away and into Europe. Mm. Uh, one song was used as a theme for a German TV series, um, another for a TV commercial for Disneyland, which they still reuse each Christmas. He's also written new, numerous hints for other artists, including Liberty X. They have released songs sung in Spanish, French, German, and even Polish. Blimey. Um, in Germany, they've been featured on national phone cards. Remember when phone cards were a thing? <laughs> I do. Um, they had their own brand of the orange juice Capri Sun. Wow. Um, on Sailor Supermarkets. And Haribo manufactured candy in the form of the heads of the group members. They were massive. Yeah. In November, December 2019, uh, still performing together as a three-piece of Cal, Stephen and Nathan, they did a tour of France, playing more than 20 arena shows including a sold-out show in Paris to over 20,000 people. Blimey. The kind of these 90s amalgamation shows, but they're headlining. They're still huge. They're so, so big. Um, okay, post-boy band. So I'm going to go in the order of which they left. Okay. So Patrick Osborne, also known as Marcus Patrick. That was his band name, Marcus Patrick. After releasing an unsuccessful solo single on Bell Records, Patrick moved to... America and studied acting in New York and then moved to Hollywood. He started out in Miami as a personal trainer where to make ends meet he began working as a male dancer at a club called La Bear. Mm. Uh, he had appeared in minor roles in CSI Miami and My Wife and Kids before landing a role on a daytime soap opera All My Children in 2006. 
Um, he left that after three months, citing creative differences, but was signed up the next year to another soap opera, mm. uh, Days of Our Lives. Oh, interesting. Um, he lasted a little bit longer on this one, hanging on for five months before he was fired. Uh, he believes he was <laughs> let go because of an explicit photo shoot he did for the September 2000 edition of Playgirl magazine, oh where God. he posed full frontal. He claims to have been unaware the full frontal shots he posed for would be used and blames Playgirl for ruining his career. Oh, blimey. Um, after getting fired from Days of Our Lives, he started dancing in gay clubs for a dance group called Hollywood Men. Um, he next pops up publicly in a Shanties video, The Woman You Love, and in 2014 he released another solo single called Boss Bitch. Boss uh, in March 2011 he married... Uh, but was divorced by January 2015 when he married again to a fellow dancer called Nikki. They have three boys, Ethan, five, Titan, four, and their most recent recent addition, Zane, who was born on February the 27th. He's uh, very attractive, isn't he? Yeah, so hot. Um, yeah. Zane's birth came just two days too late to feature in his dad's autobiography, A Warrior's Journey, which he had released on February the 25th. Um, and it's sold as a study in strategic breathing, good nutrition, healthy relationships and unrelenting focus. Okay. That sounds like a lot of hard work for a book. <laughs> uh, he's now self-employed dancer and lives in Texas where his stripping pays the bills. You should get on his Instagram. There's some great videos of him <laughs> at work. Videos of him in nice. the office nice. uh, on his Instagram. He's really nice. He sent, oh. me, a, he sent me a DM on Instagram last night after oh, I posted that we were doing nice. the World's Apart episode. So He must have um, been on All My Children at the same time as my friend Aidan Turner, um, if he was on it in 2006. Interesting. Yeah. Aidan is also a very and handsome three months. man. Yeah. Mm. It's good. good. Uh, Dan Bauer went into TV presenting. Andy Peters invited him to be a host on the Ozone, and he did a stint on The Big Breakfast when it was still at Essential Morning Viewing. Um, at one point, he dated Louise Nerding from Girl Group Eternal oh. before she married someone else and became Louise Wednesday. And then divorced um, him. Yeah, in 2005, he founded The Engine Room, an ITV service company based in Haywards Heath, Sussex. Um, and in 2006, he appeared in The Guardian, taking part in an interview series called The X-Files, where two people talk about what broke up their relationship. Oh! <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul left in December 1994. Aaron is openly gay, although he never came out when he was in the band. He said that he needed to fully embrace who he was before he could come out. Yeah. Saying, I was very private about my personal life and still am really. Remember, we were marketed to young teen girls in the early 90s. The last thing the record company wanted was a gay boy band member. And Mate, actually, we've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, I was fine with that because I was Aaron Paul as an artist first. My sexuality does not define all of me. There's so much more to me than just being gay. Um, he now lives in New York where he's worked in fashion and interior design before turning back to performing, releasing an album called Raw in 2017. And starring he, in Breaking Bad. He released his own biography called I Don't Care. Lessons in Life, Love and Boy Bands in 2017. Oh. If anyone's able to get hold of a copy of this book, I have tried. I would love to read his his take on the, the world of boy bands. Um, but I I had a copy in my basket on Amazon. It disappeared and it's been unavailable ever since. Oh. So 
Um, Shalim, who left in 1997, I really can't find any information on him other than about 10 years ago he was still living in Paris. Mm. That's it. Um, Tim Fonara worked as a model for a while and carried on making music. He had a small part in the 2003 film What a Girl Wants, which starred oh, Amanda Bynes. Yeah, I know that film um, very well. And in 2005, he was Colin Farrell's body double in the film Alexander. <laughs> Uh, in 2006, he began a successful hosting career working for Sky TV, BBC and becoming the face of Film 24 before stepping behind the camera to produce and direct. He founded a television production company called Kobayashi and in 2010 made a web series called Finding Pele, which followed two street ballers on a voyage of discovery around South Africa during the 2010 World Cup. Oh. He now lives in New York with his partner and two children, Saoirse and Franklin, uh, and runs the official YouTube channel called Space Lab, which has 58 million viewers and 100,000 subscribers. Wow. Cal Cooper has been working in the motor trade since 2006 as a car salesman. Um, and the last major reference I can find to him on the internet was when he was announced as a new signing for the Audi dealership in Stoke in 2016. <laughs> uh, he is one of the few people in the world to have ever sold the Lamborghini Aventador, uh, a car which costs almost a quarter of a million pounds. Wow. That's got to be, it's got to be a good whack of commission on yeah, that. Yeah, I reckon. Um, Cow is still touring and performing with Worlds Apart. Right. Uh, Steve Hart. In 2000, he met 20-year-old Catherine Jenkins at a party uh, right before her operatic singing was taken off with a £1 million recording contract uh, and they were together for six years. Uh, he's a songwriter who's penned tunes for Liberty X. I mentioned that earlier. Uh -huh. uh, he was in a band called Coast with James Mullet, who later went on to appear in the 2003 series of Fame Academy as James Fox. Great name, great name, James Fox. Well, as well as dabbling in acting, Steve created a TV show called Mirror Mirror. He now manages the Jacksons with Gary Wilson, who was the World's Apart manager. Uh, in 2010, he married actress Ashley Scott, who stars in TV programme SWAT. And they have daughters, 10-year-old Ada and Lila, who was born in 2015. He is still touring and performing with World's Apart. Cool. Last one. Our boy band hero, Nathan Moore. Yep. Uh, Nathan Moore worked for management company Hyperactive, who handled acts such as Lisa Scott Lee, Hayley Everts and James Fox. The company was set up by Gary Wilson, who had managed Worlds Apart. He uh, managed Fix, who were the I With The Boy Band episode Ooh, 35. Oh, we, we've, we've picked up one of the Fix members as a new friend the, as well. Yeah, the band formed from the runners-up of the 2003 TV show Pop Stars, The Rivals. Um, who's... What band was Nick Major in? Yeah, Fix. Was that Fix? Nick Major keeps throwing me because he keeps liking and um, talking to us on Instagram and Twitter, and he's almost Nathan's double. Yeah, like really it's similar. uncanny yeah. when you're just looking at that little tiny headshot. I'm like, oh Nathan, oh no, it's Nick. Not that Nick's disappointing, but like no. Just, well, we've like, got Peter on Twitter who is our mate now. It's like Nathan jumped in a time machine mm. and reappeared to join Fix. Um, anyway. In 2004, Nathan was arrested for curb calling in London's King's Cross. We told that story in episode 23. I'm not going to go into it too much. I think we, we covered it. Um, Nathan told the Evening Standard newspaper at the time, under the circumstances, I've been treated pretty fairly, but I just wanted to add that I pleaded guilty knowing I'm innocent 
because I'm really fed up with the press intrusion. Mm. Um, uh, a BBC report of the court hearing contains quotes from a guy called Sean Borg, who claimed to be Nathan's partner. Uh, he was the one who said Nathan wouldn't curb call as they'd been in a gay relationship for 13 years. Um, Sean Borg's a TV presenter that works on like TMZ TV and there's a little bit of a, an attention whore. Um, so this is also a good place to note that in 2007, Nathan got married in Mallorca to Donna Fisher, followed three years later by the birth of his son, Nico. Uh, still in 2004, Nathan appeared in the pilot for Bow to the Bowers, <laughs> written by and starring another level's Dane Bowers. It was a loosely based on reality TV sitcom about the music industry, yep. which also starred Lee Latchford Evans from Steps. But it disappointingly never made it onto our screens. Oh, uh, please, so for the love of boy bands, we need would to someone yeah. find us a copy of this pilot. I don't care if it's from Dane, from Nathan. I don't care if you have to reach out and flirt with Lee Latchford, Latchford Evans. We need to see this. Mm. Um, in 2005, Nathan appeared on the ITV show Hit Me Baby One More Time. The show took previously successful acts and gave them a second stab at fame. Uh, 35 acts appear across seven heats where they sing their biggest hit and then one cover and the audience vote on who should go through to the final. Contestants included Gloria Gaynor, Tiffany, Belinda Carlisle, Jordan Knight and 911. Um, Nathan lost his heat to 911. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Knight lost his heat to Shalimar. Oh my God. Um, that same year, he also featured heavily on the MTV show Totally Scott Lee, which we talked about 3SL episode. Um, Nathan was coordinating the solo careers of former Steps member Lisa Scott Lee, as well as her brother Andy Scott Lee. Um, Nathan then issued a statement that he had stopped managing acts to focus on his own career. Um, although not before we got the pleasure of seeing his further management skills in another TV series called Boys Will Be Girls, oh. which took four former pop boys oh, and no. formed a group in which they perform as girls. What? Um, the band was called The Honey Trap, and the group are trying to hoodwink the music industry and public into believing that they're not men in drag. Um, after auditions, the lineup consisted of Austin Drage. Oh, uh, I, oh this, okay. Russ Spencer from Scooch. Uh, Martin Mycroft from the Fast Food Rockers. That's the only ones I've not heard of. Um, and Marvin Hume from JLS. Um, Marvin sensibly quit once he told exactly what the plan was. So we never got to see Marvin in drag pretending to be a girl. Do you know, this This isn't going to go in the episode, but yeah. I think like all of this is so familiar because I... Dialogue omitted. But like I'm like putting all these pieces together and going... That it's got to be. has to be him. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, continue. It's okay. Um, in 2015, Nathan appears on The Voice UK, uh, but none of the celebrity judges turned their chair for him. He revealed later he wasn't disappointed that none of the coaches turned for him, explaining that he just went on the show to challenge himself, especially after his dad said that he was going to audition. Uh, I never had my eye on the prize, he said. I never entered this thinking, I want to win this. I don't think people want new records from a 50-year-old Nathan Moore. Mm. I'm not interested in releasing records. I don't want a record deal. What people want from me is to sing the old songs. They will pay loads of money for that. Last year was my busiest year for singing. Um, I've seen quite a bit. I've seen videos of him doing gigs and stuff. Yeah. And he's great. Yeah, after undertaking acting training, Nathan now acts under the name of Marcellus Moore. <laughs> Marcellus um, Wallace. He, 
He continues to appear extensively around the UK as Brother Beyond and in Europe with Worlds Apart. Um, and I want to round off with this quote from the Isle of Wight County Press of 2018 on the announcement that Nathan would return to the Jack Up the 80s Festival. It's my favourite quote we've ever done. Okay. Um, speaking of Nathan Moore, it, they say, his rendition of the rowboat song at the festival in 2016 is still a firm favourite with the fans. <laughs> Bro. I don't know if that's rock the boat or like rock the boat the rock the boat or the row, one where what's row, the, like, row your row. boat gently or <laughs> do they mean oops upside your head oops oh yeah 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 I don't know which one it is but I still love it as a quote and here endeth at our the at the year of Nathan Moore yeah <laughs> it feels like it's been a year the last three months feel like they've lasted two years yeah they have that's well, fun. I really, I really love researching that one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know very much about Worlds Apart. I do recognise some of them, Steve Hart in particular. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's fascinating, and that they were never really that massive here. No, I mean they had success. They they did the all the boy band TV shows or that kind of thing, and they were around and known. They were appearing in all the magazines. Like, yeah, they were smash up hits there, and all of that. But yeah. they never really cracked the whole chart thing. Um, mm. yeah just massive in Europe and you'll see so when um, you, when I show you how I've pointed them we'll take a break now for you and I to go over the science mm. when I show you how I've pointed them you'll see that I've done some allowances for the fact that the, the same way we did with human nature where human nature we yeah. made allowances for the fact that their career was primarily huge but in Australia mm. I've done the same for Worlds Apart I've accounted for the fact that they, they, they get their UK chart points but they get chart points recognising yeah. The fact that they were massive in Europe. So let's take a quick break now. You and I will look at the science and we will be back with the boy bandology. Nice. Okay, Zoe, how's the science looking? The science is looking. I've missed the science. Mm. I think more than anything else, I've missed the science. I now can't see the science in my spreadsheet. There it is. Um, okay, so they score... Pretty averagely for their UK chart positions, they did have some songs that hit the charts. They didn't really, it wasn't a massive amount of success. Um, they score very well for being together and all folk, so they get really good um, reunion points. They, they got back yeah. together in 2007. Um, not so great on style. They were of their time, but there was never really a time when there was a look. They don't do particularly well in the category where they lose points every time they lose a member <laughs> i was thinking about that <laughs> they do play their own instruments there's a handful of points there they get some points for songwriting and their post careers have been pretty good you know they manage nathan's gone into management um steve's steve manages the jacksons like the one of the og boy bands who are still going i can't wait till we do the jacksons and we do their you know how long have they been together points <laughs> They're going to shoot you straight to number one on that alone. Oh, God. Um, so, the, they they do average. Let's do a rundown. What, what do you want a rundown of? Do you want to do top 20? Or should yeah. we go through the complete chart? Oh, well, we could do the complete chart because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. You promise not to moan through all the Eurovision boy bands. Okay, I'll try. So, I, our chart starts at number 66. Oh, my God. With Too Tricky. Um, there are Eurovision boy bands. 65 is Rewind. 64 is Brooklyn. At 63 is Boulevard. At 62 is Tiebreak. And at 61 is Music. 
Uh, at number 60 is Blonde, 59 Reunion, 58 Anonymous, 57 Waters and Kazar, at 56 GMD3, at 55 Fourth Base, at 54 M4, at 53 Overload Generation, at 52 Road Trip, and at 51 Anti Social Media. That whole chunk of that is all those Union J bands. <laughs> it's like one after the other. Um, at number 50 is For Sure, at 49 is Scandal, at 48 Soft Engine, 47 is Fortune, 46 Joe and Jake, 45 Bang, 44 No Name, 43 Eden, 42 Future Proof, and at number 41 is One. Coming into our top 40, at 40 we've got Eaton Road, 39 D Nash, 38 Cosmos, 37 Premier Minister, at 36 Take Five, 35 Avenue, number 34 is 3SL, at number 33 is One True Voice, 32 VIP, and at number 31, Laminate <laughs> Element. <laughs> at number 30 is Upside Down, at number 29 is Us Five, number 28 is Eden Adal, at number 27, Our New Friends Fix, at number 26, Il Volo, at number 25, Eurovision's only winning boy band, The Herries. At 24, the McDonald Brothers. At 23, Arvin Garner. At 22, V. And at 21, and my favourites, the Neutrons. <laughs> Coming into the top 20. At number 20 is Journey South. At number 19 is Big Fun. At number 18 is Union J. 17, LFO. 16, EYC. Yeah. At number 15 is BB Mac. Uh, at number 14, this week's Boy Band of the Week, Worlds Apart. At number 13, Damaged. At number 12, Brother Beyond, the other part of the Nathan Moore boy band story. And at number 11, Australia's biggest boy band, Human Nature. Um, Human Nature cancelled their Vegas residency during the pandemic. They've been there for 10 years. Wow. They put it off. Um, at number 10, Another Level. At number 9, PJ and Duncan. At number 8, Crisscross. At number 7 is Boss. And at number 6 is Five. Coming into the top five. At number five, we have the Jonas Brothers. At number four, Busted. At number three, Hanson. At number two, the Bay City Rollers. And still at the top of our charts, at number one, the highest scoring boy band of the podcast so far is McFly. Who have just signed a new record deal. I know. They're going to get even more. It means they're going to have even more points. Oh, yeah. Actually, their points need adjusting, so I haven't thrown into this yet any 2019 points. Mm. So that there are some bands in there that will need adjustments, like the Jonas Brothers. I don't think that's going to move them up the chart too much. Yeah. But there are some adjustments to be made slightly there for 2019, which I will sit down and sort that science out. Yeah, 2019 Um, and 2020, where nothing has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do we award boy bands points? just for, for surviving 2020 i think maybe to be fair like when who knows when we're next going to be in a venue like when when we're going to be allowed or when we're going to feel safe to even go so oh i know yeah all our I gigs can't are cancelled even... so yeah fenway park got postponed last week that was the last big one we still mm. had and we kind of knew it wasn't going to happen and even if it did go ahead i don't think any of us wanted to get on a plane yeah and go and stand in a stadium with yeah. 35,000 other people. Same for me with um, Madison Square Garden going to see Harry. There was just no way it was going to happen. Yeah. No way. So we'll see. But that's it. That's um, We don't know when we'll be back yet. I've got a couple of boy bands in progress 
that I'm already working on. Yeah. Um, but we're thinking probably, what do you once a month? Yeah. I think that's a reasonable target. Yeah. As we both shape ourselves up to coming out of lockdown and readjusting to the world as it is now, because this isn't over, just because everyone's allowed back in the pubs now doesn't mean this has come to an end. No, life in fact, goes, it probably means it's going to have a resurgence. So, yeah. <laughs> the life of looking at my wardrobe continues. <laughs> what so, did you do today? So in front of the wardrobe. Yeah, exactly. What else is there? That's it. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole day. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. We've been getting lots of tweets and messages and things through lockdown and yeah. it's, it's great to still hear from you all I've let the Facebook lapse a little bit I haven't been massively active over there mm. but do come over onto Facebook and follow us There's, um, we have our official podcast page but we also have a podcast group where we chat and discuss shit um, you're looking for just looking I'm with the boy band and it's join the group and there's a couple of questions they're really easy um, and if you get them on I'll still let you in um, so come, <laughs> come join us on Facebook or you we're on Twitter at uh, the boy band pod and we're instagram at i'm with the boy band and you can support us on patreon if you like we're probably going to do a patreon episode once a month as well um with a little few bits and pieces and you can find yeah. us there at patreon.com forward slash boy band or you can email us at theboybandpod at gmail.com we love hearing from you all it kind of is a little when I was getting to the I don't think our podcast will ever come backstage mm. we'd get a random email and I'd be like oh look, people are still finding it and yeah. still taking the time out of their lives to send us an email about how much they're enjoying it and also how much it was helping them get through like the, the this is what I needed at this stage of lockdown was just this insanity and yeah. also the listening to you is like I'm, I'm able to hang out with my friends again that one really yeah, touched me that's really so, nice I think yeah. also uh, the girl with you alone podcast uh, folded right as we went into lockdown and so I think there's been a bit of a gap for people when it comes to listening to boy band content so a lot of people who have found us off the back of that uh, welcome and we are yeah. hoping to have Ashley and Christine on at some point so yeah this is a safe place for NSYNC fans we yeah you're NSYNC all as welcome much as you here. do yeah yeah. Okay, well, we'll speak to you soon. So, yeah, thanks very much for joining. What's the thing we say? Remember. Oh, God, it's <laughs> not the boy band. Who comes at the top of our chart? Who is the ultimate boy band? It's, it's the one for you that was there. That was the one that was there for you when you needed them most. And got you from I, there to here. That's it. <laughs> We're so good. Boy band, you later. Bye. <laughs>